0: Hi-de-ho, Versarinos, and welcome to another episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse. Now, I am afraid I have played you false. Um, I watched three episodes of uh, Arrowverse content without recording one of these uh, because it was late and I was tired, or alternately, it was early and my wife was not yet up. Uh, And the reason that I'm telling you this is because I had back surgery today. Uh, Sorry, I had back surgery today and uh, because of the kind of back surgery I had, well, I guess maybe any kind of back surgery, of course, they had to flip me over on my stomach and they had to put a tube down my throat. So my voice is a little scratchy and my throat's a little sore, so I don't feel like talking a whole lot. What I'm going to do instead is do a sort of a roundup for the episodes I watched. Uh, which were Supergirl, Season 2, Episode 3, Welcome to Earth, The Flash, Season 3, Episode 4, The New Rogues, and Arrow, Season 5, Episode 4, Penance. So starting with Supergirl, uh, the deal with Supergirl is uh, the Kryptonian that was unconscious at the beginning of the season breaks free and they think tries to kill the president, who is played by Linda Carter, which is kind of cool. She even has a line later about Supergirls impressed by Air Force One, and Linda Carter says, you ought to see my other jet, which is, of course, a reference to her invisible plane, because Linda Carter played Wonder Woman back in the 70s, and uh, even even we Seth, even we Baby Seth, who, when you saw the reruns, couldn't have been more than, like, five or something like that, uh, had a bit of a crush on Linda Carter. So, um... Supergirl finds out that she is indeed a bad enough dude to save the president, and she does, and there follows a bunch of investigative efforts uh, by Alex Danvers to try to figure out who, uh, well, first of all, it's where the Kryptonian is, and then later on, it's, uh, no, it's it's all where the Kryptonian is because they've gone ahead and blamed the Kryptonian, and then they find out that the Kryptonian is not in fact a Kryptonian, he's a Daxamite. What's a Daxamite? You might ask. Well, a Daxamite is an inhabitant of the planet Daxam, which is a colony of Krypton, and has gone through a bunch of changes in the various crises and zero hours and fifty twos and whatnot. Um, But but basically, Daxamites are almost exactly like Kryptonians. Only their weakness is lead. That's right. Their weakness is lead. Um, the guy proves to be probably the most well-known Daxamite. His uh, name is mon L, or sometimes goes by Largand. gand uh, Anyway, uh, he uh, originally was a Legion of Superheroes character, um, and I think for a while I want to say they did a thing where Daxamites were like Kryptonians, except they could u- only use one power at a time, which is... You know, like kind of dangerous because if you're flying, you have to use flight until you're done. And if you're lifting something, you've got to use super strength until you're done. Uh, and if you're getting shot, you got to use invulnerability until you're done. So, I think they got rid of that. I think that was something. If if I'm wrong, uh, please nobody write in and correct me. I just don't want to deal. No, that's fine. If you're if you're a friend of mine and we know each other personally and you want to correct me on that, uh, and you're listening to this for some reason, you can go ahead and let me know. Um. Anyway, we find that out at the end of the the end of the episode. But the big thing here is this is an episode about prejudice and bigotry and whatnot. Linda Carter is going to sign into law or sign into executive order uh, an act making all aliens, uh, that would be extraterrestrial aliens, in the United States, legal citizens in the United States. And John Jones uh, is actually not into this because he has spent a lot of time hunting aliens, and he knows that the ones that he hunts aren't cool. Um, Supergirl, on the other hand, is all for it, Uh, and there's some thing about her... There's sort of a thing about her writing an article for it and being really biased for it and slamming uh, Lena Luthor because she's developed a little device that determines whether one is human or alien, and I I tend to agree that I think that that's a little... um, It's a little big brother it's a little bit like if if i were at a party and the host turned to me and said oh here's a device put your thumb on it so i know whether human or an alien i would be like okay um and and that's all it does it doesn't really do you any good like if if it turns out you're an alien and you're just a human looking alien with no powers well okay i mean great but you know it also doesn't let you know if you're say a white Bartian or um uh tharnian or, Zarnian is what Lobo is, boys and girls. Lobo's a bounty hunter, and uh, I think he got... I want to say he sort of got casually not mentioned. Like, there was an episode about bounty hunters and one of these things, and somebody said, do you think? And somebody else was like, no, we'd know if that if, if he was around it. I think they were talking about Lobo. Anyway, uh, but there's a whole thing uh, about Supergirl learning to confront her own biases and bigotry and whatnot. Uh, because we find out that the person who is attacking um, Linda Carter is not, in fact, a Kryptonian nor a Daxamite. It's some other alien of a species. I don't think that gets mentioned, but they they're uh, uh, pyro uh, pyrokinetics. Um, so this particular alien has flame powers and can shoot flame with her hands and can also shoot eye beams and and whatnot. Uh, and she's the one, of course, who's who's attacking the president. So there's that. A um, couple of cool things about this episode, uh, other than Linda Carter, who we find out, by the way, at the end of the episode, is an alien herself, so the president is an alien. The, God, that's got to be a B-movie somewhere, right? The president is an alien, maybe? I don't know. Uh, or it's certainly shades of John Carpenter's The Thing. It's kind of, not really, but I just wanted to mention John Carpenter's The Thing so you'd think I was cool. Um, we find out that there is a bar that aliens hang out at, which is kind of cool. That is a trope that I'm in favor of, like sort of the seedy dive bar that's more than it seems like in the, um, uh, uh, Bwahaha era of the Justice League. That's the Giffen and Dematis, uh, era of the Justice League. There was a bar called the Dark Side where all of the villains hung out, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so this one is just a bar where all the aliens hang out and we, you know, they're, people. Now, some of them are cool, some of them are not. Um, At least one of them was making eyes at Alex Danvers, uh, and um, it's a thing. By the way, the person who took her to that bar was Maggie... oh, shoot. Uh, Maggie Sawyer, there we go, cop from Metropolis, um, who is revealed in in this episode to have had at least one girlfriend, and the way they're setting it up, it's pretty Pretty clear that the uh, the writers seem to be setting her and Alex up for a relationship, which I think is kind of cool. I would like to see that pan out. Um, I will also say, maybe this is me being picking up on stuff that's not there. That I got some similar vibes from the whole Lena Luther Kara Danvers thing. Not that I think Kara was necessarily aware of them, but it seemed like Lena was going that way. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm sure. Um, So those are all things that were pretty cool, uh, and the last thing, of course, is the big reveal uh, at the end. uh, Good old John Jones—I keep saying good old or old. I'm sorry, it's a—it's a tick. He goes down to the bar um, to hang out with aliens as his green Martian self. And one of the bartenders freaks out, and he's like, "What's going on?" And he follows the bartender out into the alley, and it's like, "You freaked out. You shouldn't have freaked out." And it's a little, you know, stocky because the bartender is a young woman. It's not necessarily the best best look for John Jones, even though he's not doing anything gross. He's just, but he he is following a young woman out to an alley. Um, it turns out that she is Megan Moores or Miss Martian. She is another, uh, she is another, uh, green Martian, um, which is pretty, pretty cool. I think that they're, they're putting her in there. They're putting a lot of, of extra characters in Supergirl and I'm interested to see what they do with them. <coughs> um, but this is just a, I was talking about this on the flash episode the other time you'll notice that now we have uh superman and supergirl have been on the show we have a daxamite who's like a kryptonian but his weakness is lead he has the same powers he's on the show and then we have uh john jones who has a protege in megan moore's so it's that whole thing of if you're a superhero with a particular power set for some reason your superhero family consists of other people with that particular power set it's just the thing that happens so uh that is um that's a supergirl episode. The Flash episode, uh okay, so the 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 big things here. Um Joe is uncomfortable with uh actually Joe and Barry are uncomfortable with uh Iris and Barry's new relationship in PDA. Turns out Barry's uncomfortable because he's afraid that the other shoe's gonna drop and something's bad bad's gonna happen to the relationship. Okay, boom. That plot line done. Other plot line. Um Wells, uh, Harrison Wells, and Jesse Wells are going to head back to Earth too, but the team says that the team just isn't the same without Harrison Wells. So, as I think I might have said uh, before, it's it's you need science, Dad. They're going to get science, Dad. So what they do is they send a coded message out into the multiverse and let other curious Harrison Wellses, Harrisons Wells, I don't know. Um, decipher it and answer it. And if they can get a message back to the right place, then they are considered for interviews. Uh, So there was um, comical Southern Harrison Wells. There was comical British steampunk Harrison Wells. Uh, There was a third Harrison Wells. And then the fourth Harrison Wells from Earth-19 who wears a pork pie uh, and looks like he's going to be full of dad jokes. Was the one that they ended up picking to be the Harrison Wells for Team Flash, so we're going to see how that that's going to play out. And the main plot is that uh, we we see the creation of Mirror Master. He is standing next to a mirror and gets hit by the dark matter, and so he's Mirror Master. And his girlfriend, the Top, can control uh, people, can basically give people vertigo. And she couldn't take Count Vertigo because that name was already taken by a guy who sold drugs in the Arrow. Uh, so this is Barry and Jesse learning how to fight these two. And the first time out, Mirror Master traps Flash inside a mirror. And the top gives Jesse quick Vertigo and she can't do anything. So Flash is trapped inside a mirror. Uh, Earth 2, Harrison Wells, and Cisco figure out that the way to deal with this is to make the mirror, mirror super, super cold, uh, somehow colder than absolute zero, which I don't I don't think is a thing. Uh, once again, not a science or physics guy, but I, I believe there's a reason we call it absolute zero, unless, of course, we misnamed it, and it should be penultimate absolute zero. I don't know. But they needed to get colder than absolute zero, and it's not working, and they have to leave the room for some reason, so Caitlin Snow uses her Uh, burgeoning Killer Frost powers to uh, freeze the thing that the Flash is trapped into so that he can, you know, vibrate his molecules at the right speed and get out. And he does. And they defeat Mirror Master by putting him in a circle of mirrors, and Flash references the name for that phenomenon you get when you stand between two mirrors and there are infinite reflections of yourselves, and I don't remember what it's called. Um, But they trap him that way, and then... (laughs) the top gives Jesse vertigo again and Jesse basically just powers through it and punches the top out. So that's, that's what happens. It was, uh, it was a lighter episode of, of the Flash. It was sort of a, uh, if you will, puff peas. I don't know. That's not right. But, um, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of meat to it. It was, it was just a fun time seeing, seeing, you know, pals do stuff and, and wacky hijinks and whatnot. And, um, Wally and Jesse acknowledge their feelings for each other, and there's a little bit of a hiccup at the beginning because Wally's scared because she's got to go back to Earth 2, and then Wally's like, but I'm not going to let that scare me anymore. And uh, and they smooch again, and that's that's that. Um, Me and I watched this last night. I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm uh, forgetting anything important, but maybe. Who knows? Okay. Uh, So then we move on to The Arrow, and... We start off, uh, they're they're training, they're going to get this drug dealer, they're in position, but Wild Dog attacks when he shouldn't, because uh, Artemis, it's, it's not Black Canary 2, it's now Artemis, because she's using a bow. Uh, it should have been Artemis' shot, and there's this whole thing, and Oliver gets angry at them, uh, and then Oliver's like, okay, but I uh, have to go do this thing. And, um, the thing is breaking John Diggle out of jail, prompted by his wife, Lyra. And there, there's this whole discussion about, well, John doesn't want to get broken out of jail. And Lila and, uh, Oliver are both like, <laughs> he doesn't have a choice. We're breaking him out of jail. And Felicity's like, well, maybe you should leave him in jail. If he wants to be in jail, he's an adult. Let him make a choice for crying out loud. Well, uh, they don't. Um, and there is a uh flashback the bratva flashback is the third test uh where Oliver needs information about how to get close to, the, close to the guy he wants to get close to and there's a guy who knows it but he's in jail so Oliver has to go to Russian jail and then Oliver talks to this guy who talks to Oliver after Oliver threatens his family and Oliver finds out the information he needs to know and then he kills the guy because that's what the bratva wants and he gets back to his friend Anatoly and Anatoly says you trust us, we trust you. And then they drink some vodka to seal the deal on Oliver's um, entry into uh, the Russian mob. So that's that's the flashback. Uh, getting John Diggle out of jail. Um, there's, you know, Oliver infiltrates the jail fine, except that they moved all the prisoners to Genpop. And they're all mingling, so I don't think it was actually Gen Pop. I think they just moved them to the, I don't know, rec room or something? I I don't know. Uh, so he gets into John Diggle's cell and waits for John to come back. And when John comes back, he drops down, and he's like, I'm here. And John's like, what are you doing here? And Oliver's like, we're breaking you out. And John's like, no, you're not. And Oliver's like, yes, I am. John's like, okay, I guess. I got a wife and a child. A son this time, thanks to Flashpoint. Um... And, uh, and yeah, and Oliver breaks him out of jail, and, you know, John kisses Lila, and everybody's happy, and it all seems to be cool, and whatnot. Um, the plot with the three recruits, they try to stop Oliver from breaking John out of jail by himself, and he pretty much just, uh, punches all of them until they fall down, and they admit, okay, that wasn't great, but then, um... Felicity has to use them for reasons man I watched the show this morning and I can't remember it I guess again that shows you how much i I like the arrow um uh Felicity has to use them for something and they all uh, they're all fine uh, essentially uh especially because uh Rory Regan uh comes back after you know hearing that Felicity was responsible for his hometown Quasi responsible for his hometown getting nuked, he he's actually he's like I don't blame Felicity, which is a lot more than I think I could do after hearing it for the first time. But every time I see her, I think I am reminded of what I lost. And Felicity's like, and every time I see him, I'm reminded of what I had to do. But Rory Regan's decide. Rory Regan decides that vigilanteism is um, uh, a a higher calling, I guess, and he can ignore um, the whole destruction of his hometown thing because, you know, at bottom it wasn't Felicity's fault. She's not the one who launched the nuke. She's just the one who had to decide whether it was going to kill tens of thousands or two million. Um, This show does that a lot. You know, you remember when Oliver could choose between killing Shadow and Sarah back in the flashbacks from season two? And he, you know, chose Sarah by default when... Ivo pointed the gun at the back of her head and he screamed no, although I think he would have done that for shadow too. So anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah. And we decide that John Diggle's penance for killing his brother, who was working for the people who wanted to destroy the earth in a nuclear Holocaust is going to be working as, um, Spartan going to be out on them streets, uh, fixing crimes. Uh, speaking of fixing crimes, uh, the, the guy that they stopped at the beginning was stealing something, uh, from Cord Tech. Uh, you know, it, it, they keep teasing us with Cord Tech and yet nary, nary a hint of the Blue Beetle, um, because we've already got Ray Palmer as the Blue Beetle kind, well, no, you know what I mean, but Ted Cord, another wealthy tech guy who invents, you know, stuff that lets him fight crime, um. So uh, he was stealing something from Cord Tech. Nobody could figure out why because it wasn't that important, but it gets put in the evidence lockup and, I don't know, uh, Tobias Church uses some kind of weird camera to make it explode and then they go into the evidence lockup and steal a bunch of weapons, including what looks like a rocket-propelled grenade launcher. Um, I was going to say RPG, but I think if you're listening to this and you're a friend of mine, you might get confused because it's not D&D. It is an actual weapon. Um, So, yeah, and that was a thing that happened, and that's pretty much all that happened in the Arrow. Again, I'm not... I'm sorry I'm combining these three episodes into one review, and I'm I'm not going to probably do any other reviews later tonight, although I am going to watch more content because I'm that guy. Um, Because none of these like the plot elements that are important were easily summarized and none of them seem to have anything worth really getting into. It's like, you know, Diggle's decision not to fight the charges coming at him basically did nothing but set up the, uh, the prison break. So, and because he seems satisfied by the prison break at the end, there's, there's nothing really, like, I can't, I can't dig into the issues that they're talking about because they sort of hand-waved them away. Um, I'm sure we're going to see more about Diggle's self-recrimination and guilt, but we also have Felicity's guilt and Oliver's guilt and Thea's guilt. And uh, yeah, you get the point. It, it, it's just the same old Arrow stuff. So anyway, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the triple combo. I'm probably going to do something like that tomorrow as well when I uh, talk about what I watched tonight. Um, and I just said um again, so that's, that's for you. I hope you all have a fun time discussing what I meant by that uh, interjection in the middle of a sentence. But uh, I hope you all have a good time, and thank you, or you all had a good time, and that you have a good night. And thank you for listening to this episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse.